Hello, and welcome to Uncommon Intuition. I'm your host, Christy Hansel. Today, I want to talk about sigils. This is something that I've been seeing a lot of here lately. And to be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about them. What I did know was actually from movies and TV shows and books. It was fictional and not really what they're used for in the modern world. And to be honest, while I was researching this topic, I was a little uncomfortable, mainly because I come from a Christian background and anything that is remotely like a sigil is perceived as something evil. And so while I was researching it, my opinion changed and shifted. I went from being a little scared and fearful of sigils to really understanding what they were about and how I use them in my day-to-day life anyways. So what is a sigil? A sigil is a pictogram or a visual symbol that identifies a specific power or purpose. In modern terms, a sigil would be an icon similar to how an envelope icon represents an email A sigil is representation of something imbued with magic and intention. In medieval times, sigils were used in grimoires to represent angels and demons. The sigils would grant the holder a certain level of control over the angels and demons. Nowadays, sigils are used as a personal empowerment tool to symbolically represent and manifest desires. Common sigils used in today's culture are things like the cross, a simple heart, the eye of Horus, the pinnacle, the star of David, the infinity sign, and the zodiac signs. If you were like me, you didn't realize that those were actual sigils. They're a symbol that represents something. Each of these sigils are easily identified. They carry a certain amount of esteem, and each sigil has a collective emotion linked to it as well. And those emotions range from fear to reverence. There are also healing sigils like the Reiki symbols. Reiki is an energy healing practice that has four sigils, Chokurei, Seheiki, Hansa, Jonei, and Daikomio. And hopefully I said those correctly. It's been a long time since I've had to pronounce them. Chokurei represents power and protection. Seheiki represents mental and emotional healing. Hansa and Zonei symbolizes distance healing, and finally, Dicomio represents the master of energy healing. Incorporating sigils into a spiritual practice is a way to become more connected with magic. Sigils are carefully crafted with purpose and direction, and they express conscious creation and decisiveness. There are eight different types of sigils that can be incorporated into a spiritual practice, such as word, pictorial, witch's wheel, runic, meditation, square, automatic, and traditional sigils. Let me pause for a minute. Like, why would you want to incorporate sigils into your spiritual practice? Well, they give a power boost to anything that you're doing. So if you're doing manifestation work or healing work or you're doing spell work, it adds an extra emphasis. It kind of gathers the energy and focuses it onto one thing and it amplifies that one thing. So moving on, word sigils are designed from a written phrase or mantra, and the non-repeating letters in the mantra are rearranged into a symbol. The word sigil is then used as a reminder to enhance the mantra. The purpose of the word sigil is to offer a focal point while chanting that mantra. So you use it hand in hand. You're chanting the mantra while you're looking at the word sigil. 
Pictorial sigils are crafted with imagery that corresponds to the desire. The depiction of the desire is then easier to connect to on a subconscious level. Pictorial sigils are regularly used for protection, healing, and manifestation work. They're used to steal the magical intent and they're to be left undisturbed. So once you've created a pictorial sigil and you've put it into use, whether it's with your vision board or your written word, whatever it is that you've used it with, you want to kind of walk away from it and let it do its own thing. You don't want to continue to maybe look at it like you would the word mantra, like you would the word sigil. This is something that you would cast your spell, do your work, and then kind of leave it be. Witches' will sigils are drafted from a circular pattern that contains the English letters within the witch's wheel. A witch's wheel sigil is best used for singular words. This sigil is created by drawing connecting lines on the witch's wheel to each letter in the chosen word. A power symbol is then created from those lines, and this symbol can be used to place a signature energy stamp on any spell work that you're doing. And when I say spell work, when I say spell work, it's all encompassing, whether it's mantras, intention, healing work, if it is actual spell work or ritual work, I'm, I'm saying spell work in general. Hopefully you, you understand that. Runic sigils are made from existing ruins. Two or more ruins are merged together to embody the intended desire. And these sigils are also called bind ruins. So by merging the sacred ruins together, there is a deeper connection to the manifestation. By the way, a ruin is simply a letter of the ancient Germanic alphabet that's related to the Roman alphabet. They are usually on small stones or pieces of bones, and they're kind of used like tarot cards are used, where you um, shake them up and then throw them down and see where the ruins lie. Meditation sigils are discovered while meditating. By the way, the Reiki symbols were formed in this way. After Dr. Mayoko Yusui spent 20 days in meditation, it is said that a beam of bright white light at his third eye displayed these symbols. The purpose of meditation sigils are usually revealed during the meditation and meditation sigils connect to a higher power or a higher source. Square sigils, I'm not going to lie, this was like looking at a crossword puzzle and a Sudoku puzzle combined into one. This is not the sigil for me, but they are created from a square grid that contains letters, numbers, or both and the word or the mantra is then deciphered via the square. The sigil is then coded from the corresponding letters and numbers via a connecting line, and these sigils are more secretive as they tend to be double-coded. So if you don't want anybody to decipher your sigil, then maybe a square sigil is the way to go. Automatic sigils are formed from automatic writing. So while you're in a trance-like state, Sketches are produced or handwritings produced, creating a pictorial sigil. The desire is conveyed through the sketches in a freeform way, and the automatic sigil relinquishes control in order to go with the flow. So this is more free-flowing type of, I give in to the universe and what's best for me. The automatic sigil is a way to do that. Then you have the traditional sigils, which require knowledge and understanding of the pre-existing sigils. 
They are constructed with extreme intention and forethought, and traditional sigils are methodically used while performing spell work. These sigils are usually reserved for someone well-versed in Wicca. To be honest, there's so many different types of sigils that are traditional from your ruin sigils to your alchemy to the healing to the Irish symbols to the German symbols. Like there are so many different sigils that I wouldn't even know where to begin. I would definitely want to make my own sigil because I'm such a newbie at it. I hope this brings a better understanding of what a sigil is. Granted, this is just my knowledge from some research that I have done, and I'm sure there's much more in-depth information out there. But what I will say is, now that I've learned about sigils, I kind of look around and see them everywhere. I mean, a company's logo is a sigil. Icons on your computer and on your phone, those are sigils in essence, because it's a symbol that represents something. So why not create a symbol that represents your intention or represents your own inner power? I'm definitely interested in creating my own sigil and using it for my crystal grid work, you know, using it to help focus my intention, my desire, my manifestation and energy healing if I'm sending some distance healing to someone. I think a sigil could really work in those instances, and I'm really curious to see how you would incorporate a sigil into your practice as well. Up next, a card reading. Well, I don't necessarily have a card reading for today, but I do have an intuitive message And that message is, it's not time to make drastic changes. It's not time to be uber productive. It's time to prepare. It's time to take a step back and lay your foundations. What is it that you need to do in order to get to the end result? Just because you're not currently producing something that will lead to that end result does not mean that you aren't still contributing. Laying your foundations is such an important part of moving forward, working on the mental and emotional stability that you need in order to have those foundations is just as important as taking the steps and actions needed for an end result. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you've been working on something and you're forcing it and you are trying out of your sheer will and strength to get this thing up and running and off the ground, just know that all of that resistance might be leading you to stop and restart. Sometimes the discomfort and loss is the better option. It is the better option to reset and to deal with that discomfort and this loss and this aggravation than to push forward in a way that isn't aligning with your soul, with your spirit, with the timing. It's just pure resistance. So sometimes it's best to just stop, pause, and restart. I hope this message finds the right recipient. Up next, a meditation. a really useful meditation tool to help me in my meditation practice. 
I'm not one that can empty her mind and sit and be zen automatically. Usually when I meditate, I'm doing a walking meditation where I'm walking and verbally processing things. I'm never just sitting down and meditating. But this particular technique really helps me get into that zen state very quickly. And it's all about three second breaths. And how you do this is you breathe in your mouth, you breathe out your mouth, then you breathe in your mouth, and then you breathe out your nose, in your nose, out your nose, in your nose, out your mouth. So you're just kind of switching it up. And what that does is bring awareness to your breath and to your body. And it like almost instantaneously calms the mind. So I would like to try to do that today with you. So we're going to breathe in through our mouth and then breathe out through our mouth. So breathe in. Then in mouth and out the nose. In the nose, out the nose. In the nose and out the mouth. And then repeat, in mouth, out mouth. In mouth, out nose. In nose, out nose. In nose, out mouth. And then one more time, in mouth, out mouth. In mouth, out nose. In nose, out nose. In nose, out mouth. In mouth, out mouth. And hopefully your body feels a little bit lighter, your mind feels a little bit more relaxed. And do this anytime you need some clearing or some centering. Practice this gamma breath. I hope that peace finds you wherever you are and that you relax into this and heal. I'm excited to announce that I'm launching my very first Zoom event on September 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will provide live readings for the audience as well as an interactive Q&A session. Seats are limited and can be purchased at uncommonintuition.com. I hope to add more events in the future, but for now, this event is the start of something beautiful. I hope to see you there.